Good evening. You are listening to Free Talk Live, the talk radio show where you can control the show. All you have to do is call in to 603-435-1105, and you will be on the air in moments. We don't screen calls on Free Talk Live. If you're used to talk radio shows where you call in and wait on hold after calling 20 times and getting a busy signal and hope that you'll get through, and then the screener gets your call and you don't get on the air, this is... uh, this is your chance to actually call into a radio show and be heard. They call so. those popular radio shows. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the reason. It's because we don't. That's true. We don't screen. I think you have to be on the radio to uh, to be a radio show. Technically, right now we are just in a podcast. Well, that's a good point. If you are hearing us right now on the radio, then you may be the lucky. Uh, uh, you might be the lucky recipient of pirate radio. Someone, I guess I don't like that term. I guess uh, yeah, they're what, not what stealing free anything. Free market radio. Free market. We're going to call community community gonna, radio. Avastia, community. you airway land lovers. <laughs> community free market radio. I, I, it's weird calling something a pirate thing when it's being given away for free. Yeah, like you're not being stolen from. So why would you call it pirate? It's like you're getting something for you're free. You're stealing the airwaves from the public. Somebody is providing a service to you for free at great risk to themselves. Well, not great risk, really. I don't want to say that either because it's really not that great a risk. But if you're listening to us on the air where you live, you might have a, a, a kind person who's broadcasting the Liberty Radio Network in your area 24 hours a day, hopefully. And uh, again, you can call and talk about anything you like at 603-435-1105. Uh, I've got Luther here with me and Puke. Hi. Hello. That was out of order, but <laughs> just to keep you on your toes. I'm Luther. And anyway, and and I'm, Dale. I'm puke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've probably heard us all. During we aren't the week. professionals. You've probably heard us all during the week. And uh, on Sundays, they turn us loose to wreak havoc on the airwaves and well, on the internets. Yes. And the inner tubes. And the, yep. yeah. Pillaging. We all know and, what uh, that got them a few weeks ago. <laughs> sexual fetishes. I think we are. I think this is the same trio. Or I know it's the same trio. Yeah. That has one of the. Uh, this might be a first. I don't know if anyone managed to offend some someone enough, that, offend a pirate radio station operator enough to get kicked off the air. And I'm really proud. Uh, of that. I'm sure some people have. There has to have been. Uh, I'm issuing a challenge to Wheels Off Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can get kicked off of a pirate radio. Hear station. that, Taryn and Jamie? <laughs> We're right. coming for you. <laughs> But we're the three that pissed off all the uh, the, the liberty minded anarchists, et cetera. You, if yeah, you we even off piss off them. <laughs> These are pretty open minded people, and we offended no, them. Apparently, not to so. say that's well. I don't know. We might do that tonight. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. What do you got planned for us? Luther's got some a story for us. Yeah, I don't I've, think it's going to be terribly offensive. I've actually. got a story that apparently Ian's already read. Uh, I'm going to reread it, and well, we're going to have our say about it. Exactly, because <laughs> this is where the show where I take control. That's right. All right. Uh, this comes from, where does this come from? Uh, Earth. Ch- uh, NBC Channel 2 down in Orlando, uh, W-E-S-H, or WESH. What? <laughs> and this is going to be a great lead-in W-E-S-H, to a topic that I would like to talk about. And I've, well, been, so. I've been wanting to talk about it. A lot of people have been wanting to talk about it, I feel, uh, you know. So here it goes. Uh, Orlando, Florida. A local group took, a, took uh, to the steps of City Hall says today, but it was actually last month, uh, to protest an ordinance that bans feeding the homeless in downtown Orlando. Operating under the catchphrase, good people break bad laws. What? Oh. Uh, Slow down. Sorry. 
Dale's over here distracting me. I thought he was trying Wait, to direct air traffic. We got three traffic. hours. Okay. <laughs> Operating under the catchphrase, good people break bad laws. Is that better? I like a, that. A group of three men from the it's group. getting sultry, though. I don't know. If a group of three men <laughs> from the group Orlando Food Not Bombs passed out 100 sandwiches to a hungry crowd of homeless people around 12.30 p.m. Monday. I'm glad to hear that's Food Not Bombs. I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about that organization. I, I mean, there's talk yeah. of starting something like that here in Kenya. Yeah, this is the I'm first time. Fan of it. Yeah, this is the first time I had heard of them. Yeah. Uh, what, do, what do they do exactly? They Well, they feed people with, uh, like, unauthorized food that hasn't been approved. or They don't do it with a license, as I mm-hmm. understand. They feed people who are in need. Oh, okay. And uh, they also try to do a lot to keep food from being wasted, you know, even, you know. Uh, and I think, I, I, I believe, and I'm saying this from secondhand information, so maybe someone can call in and confirm or deny it, but I believe they do dumpster diving. Like freshly discarded food that's still in the packages and mm. things like that mm. that's, that's still edible and, and, and quite edible. They, uh, and, they, and I believe they also stick to vegetarian fare because it's a lot less likely to spoil. You're, you're dealing with a lot more yeah, that makes um, sense. issues of yeah, you, food, you know, a lot less upkeep. Food poisoning, and apparently issues. they don't like high yield explosives. I, yeah, I think apparently not, yeah, they are bombs? against bombs. Okay. I think they're against bombs, which I can relate to. It's in their a, title. A, I would hope so. Yeah, that's what that meant. As a peace lover, I can you know. I thought just, maybe they just, just meant bombs, gut bombs, food or? gut bombs like McDonald's. You eat, you know, or Taco Bell. You eat it, and then an hour later, whoa, gotta go. Imodium AD. I'll go on. Uh, an Orlando City ordinance spans feeding groups of 25 or more within a two-mile radius of City Hall. Recently, the 11th Circuit Court—excuse me, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in favor of the city's ban. WESH uh, 2's Michelle Meredith asked one man if passing out food was a sort of slap in the face directed at the advocates of the city ban. I think it's not nearly a slap in the face as it is a slap in the face of uh, they gave the homeless who. Uh, they are supposed to help by saying they're not allowed to feed them. Here, here. Yeah. Like, talk about a slap in the face. Yeah. You're not allowed to feed uh, poor people. Yeah. Don't help people. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? I mean, how, how much more blatantly controlling and status can you be than to say you can't feed poor people? You know, we're going to do that. We're going to do that by stealing your tax dollars and spending 10 times or 20 times as much as you uh, to pay bureaucrats more than we're actually oh, but uh, see, spending they don't, on food. They don't actually care about people. It's all a ruse. It's it's you know it's these are um, campaign platforms that politicians use to sucker people into voting for them. They don't really care about people who are homeless or hungry. All they care about is getting votes, and they will use you know oh I'll feed the poor blah blah I'll steal money from uh, the tax victim and give it to mostly bureaucrats and then feed a few and, and people. And how dare someone go yeah, and how solve dare a problem that, that they want yeah. to use to get votes? How dare right? they make the politicians yeah. look bad? How am I going to get votes you know? to feed the poor if you just exactly. go and feed them and we don't have to steal anybody's money to do it and, and you know, don't yeah, solve really the problem cut out the middle when, man. when I need it to get votes. Yeah, right. Know? Kenya Lloyd lined up with other homeless outside City Hall to wait for food. People are struggling. I'm struggling right now. And they bring hope to the people, Lloyd said. Protests were dished out alongside the sandwiches. Members of Food Not Bombs held signs that read, Parks are not just for the privileged. Despite the ban, police were under no orders to interrupt the handout. Food Not Bombs has decided to fight the recent court ruling and and, uh, plan to send the necessary paperwork to Atlanta on Monday. We remain willing to compromise, said Jackie Dowd, attorney for Orlando uh, Food Not Bombs. They don't call. They don't write. I never hear from them, Dowd said of the city authorities. So we'll call them, said uh, 
Mayan Downs, attorney of the city of Orlando. Usually the loser calls the winner, but of course we'll do everything we can, she said. If the 11th uh, Circuit Court of Appeals agrees to hear the appeal, uh, detractors of the ban can only speculate on how long the process could take. The last round of appeals took about a year and a half. Speedy justice. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's, that's in there with the uh, your right to a speedy trial, I guess. And just uh, watch it zoom right by. And, yeah. And, like, uh, so they're feeding homeless people, breaking laws and feeding homeless people down in yeah, Florida. I love that the and, group is and, uh, called good people. The other group is called good people break bad laws because it gets that right out there. You know that. That's a nice, succinct statement that mm-hmm. says a, an awful lot. It does. Uh, but I love that their uh, their act of civil disobedience is feeding homeless people. And for about a year now, our, our, our primary civil disobedience in Keene is partying. Yeah. Um, the four twenties, the nightcaps, which, which I I've, I loved it, I, and for I, a think while. it I think it's be, yeah, I think it's <laughs> but because when that's your primary form of civil disobedience. Yeah, after a while, it kind of like gets stale. I think you just want a party. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, well, I just think be I think the and... popularity of the four twenty events kind of sparked that and led to the nightcaps. Um, the nightcaps are cool too. Yeah, I like yeah. them. I, you, know, you got a lot of people who are sleeping in game. really late the next morning because they've been part civil disobedience all night. Yeah, and basically that was the first. That case, was the first so. civil dis when the the locals got involved. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that more when we come back. You can call in 603-435-1105. You're listening to Free Talk Live, the talk radio show where you can control the show. Call in at 603-435-1105 and you will almost certainly be on the air in moments. Hello, everybody. Go to english.freetalklive.com if you would like to make $20 to $30 an hour all online from your home. You'll be conducting English conversations on Skype with folks from other countries like Japan, for example. So get this. They'll pay you handsomely. To help keep up their already learned English. Let's say Kiko from Japan knows that if she doesn't use it, she will lose it. She needs you for your natural English speaking gift. So get the ebook and discover how to find these passionate people who will pay you to talk on Skype. Check out English.freetalklive.com and start your own online English conversation business. That's English.freetalklive.com. You'll love yourself for it. So I already love myself. This is Dale. Well, love yourself more. This is Puke. And love yourself, Luther. And we were talking about civil disobedience that's happening somewhere other than New Hampshire. Yep. Um, uh, it's not like we didn't invent it after all. So. I, I don't know if I meant these guys, but I did meet a couple of uh, couple guys from Orlando uh, at Porkfest, actually. And uh, that's how I found out about it is through them. Um, but... Uh, yeah, they did a great job, I think. Uh, they broke a really, really dumb law uh, by feeding the homeless on the front steps of City Hall. Yeah, that's a great way to bring attention to the fact that, yes, good good people break bad laws. Absolutely. That's a very bad law. Yep. And uh, we were talking, we were comparing it to the civil dis here in town. Uh, and those are bad laws, too. Yeah. Open container laws, marijuana, marijuana laws are certainly very bad laws. Yep. Uh, and I'm glad, and I, I, yeah, it's big, I, I am a big fan and continue to be a big fan of the 420s and the yep. nightcaps. 
I do feel sometimes like there's a, a you know something going on, something could be going on, some other sort of uh, civil disobedience about yeah. some other law that might reach some more people. Uh, and people have been conducting civil disobedience until two in the morning the night before. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a difference between like the four twenties and everything. Yes, that's that's awesome, and it it pulls in a certain type of person who might otherwise not be uh, so you know inclined to do liberty, civil disobedience, activism. But almost nobody could argue that feeding homeless people is you know a bad thing. There's all sorts of bad press or or you know dissenting opinions when people see other people acting free by drinking or smoking marijuana but i mean who's really going to disagree with oh you're so evil you're feeding homeless people exactly that's really hard i mean it's not looking out complete asshole if you're against that yeah 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 i mean is it okay to have a nuanced position and be all for yeah i'm for the 420s i think the nightcaps are cool but like that shouldn't be it like do some you know plan out some other maybe give some thought to some other stuff as well and Oh yeah, Plan absolutely. It out and think about what will reach some other people. Well, that's, and- that's why I wanted to start the flea market, and I'm still trying to get it going. I mean, we we were stopped uh, the week that we tried to do it, but uh, I haven't given up. I'm looking at private land here in the neighborhood that I can uh, I can maybe use for it. But I that's something that it, it, first of all it works on so many different levels as far as uh, uh, going around getting a permit to do anything. Uh, like I want to encourage vendors, like even food vendors who don't want to get the permit downtown so they can only be in one little spot, you know, which is ludicrous, um, uh, to come down and do that. I want to encourage alternative currencies, especially precious metals. Uh, I was planning on giving a discount to anybody who uh, bought That's stuff cool. with silver. Yeah. You uh, know, I actually have a question about that. Yeah. Because we do freaking, uh-huh. without, uh, freaking fest, fest without a permit. Yeah. There's food. There's we sell things. They tried to come and give us crap, and it fell through. Like yeah. really, they, we weren't we weren't breaking any laws. It's it funny. I, I said that. I uh, I said, listen, we're not using the square exclusively. We talked to the people because there was a group who had a permit, and I talked to them. I said, listen, we'll move. I understand you guys have a permit. We don't have a permit, so like we'll get out of your way. Uh, um, and they were fine with that. They said, okay, yeah, you guys can go use the grass back there. I said, okay, thanks. Sure. Uh, that's thanks. actually the first free keen fest was like that too. There was something else going on. Uh huh. And we didn't get hassled at that one because yeah, someone had Earth gotten Day a permit. Or whatever. And I think Best. we were just confused as being part of it when, in fact, we had asked the Earth Day people, yeah. do you mind if we set up a few tables off to the side here if we don't, you know, as long as there's plenty of room and everything? Yeah. They said, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And th- so, this group was the same way. Uh, you know, the woman wished me luck after after the fact, uh, after the cops kicked us out. She's like, okay, well, good luck with uh, everything you do. Why can't people do more of that to solve problems? Like, actually, um, just go well, talk that's, to that people. That was the other thing. I, w- I wanted to, to do that uh, with the flea market to show that you can just, you know, just talk to your neighbor. You know, if you have some kind of dispute, you know, try to resolve it. And I, I did that very successfully. Um, and that was a big thing I wanted to show. I didn't expect it to happen the first week, but. No, you're supposed to go straight to mommy and daddy of the of mommy City and Hall. daddy government. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and have them. And beg them to send Big Brother out to, and, uh, yeah. Go Push crack some skulls. Around. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the the Parks and Rec guy actually, I I asked him. I'm like, well, what about when the Free Keen Fest happens? You know, they don't have a permit, and uh, nobody ever comes and stops them. He goes, oh, that's never happened. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> completely denying that. The uh, the head of uh, the Parks and Recreation Department here in town. Really? Yep. Okay, get out the video footage. For yeah, him. apparently the Free Keen Fest doesn't exist. Hmm. He was he was a real. <sighs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say 
dick about it. <laughs> a real Richard. So in other words, uh, in other yes. words, a typical bureaucrat. He sounds like, you know, par for the course. Oh, yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, uh, but other people have, have uh, run into him about uh, other stuff. I think when Sam was filming downtown, he said he didn't have any problems with the guy. The guy was nice about it. But he was really rude to me. Um, he said something that wasn't true. I asked him to apologize, and he rolled his eyes at me and said, well, for what? For <laughs> lying through your teeth? Yeah, for, you know, saying slanderous things about me. <laughs> that yeah. just ain't cool. And how about for uh, how about for cracking down on you for something that when, in fact, uh, you didn't actually, weren't actually even breaking any of their yeah. silly well, laws? Well, I, I, yeah. I, I tried to point that out to him. He says he just kept telling me, no, you need a permit. No, you need a permit, which we know isn't true. Um well, whatever. <laughs> well, whatever, and we go and we move on. Yeah. Have you thought about doing it? Um. Anyway, just do it. I I might. I I, I kind of want it to be successful. Is the thing because yeah, I, you know, I want to. Well, there's the thing. There's the time for doing. You know. Yeah, I, I'm more interested in having the counter economy <laughs> just you know thrive rather right. than be stifled every week and 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 uh. And it's and and I think it's just a personal strategy, a certain approach, uh, yeah. depending on what you're trying to do to either you yeah. know go head yeah. on. Yeah. Also, against also how I was handling the cops, I think I could have done it a lot better, but I, I was doing it better than I've seen some people do it in the past. Uh, like I wasn't ever yelling or raising my voice. I uh, I wasn't trying to be too preachy. I was asking questions. Um, uh, I didn't have a bullhorn. Uh, I'm not a fan of bullhorns. <laughs> I'm not either. I got I'm a fan of talking to people in a normal tone of voice. Yeah, one on one, maybe. And, yeah, well, there's there a was, time for it though. There was a there guy. A time for it. There was a guy in England who had a who used a bullhorn and he used it very effectively. It was yeah. you funny. can hear it all the way over here. That is, oh, yeah. it was, yeah, it was yeah, wicked was, loud. I think it was entertaining, and so yeah, people yeah, are, very, are more forgiving about you invading their space with something. It's like if you're playing music in the in the subway. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, well that's you're not mad at the guy playing music in the subway. It might right. be noisy. And I'd whatever. be mad if it was a guy with four subwoofers playing music in a subway and it was <laughs> making my ears bleed. Okay, you can call in and talk about what you would like to talk about at six zero three four three five eleven zero five. This is Free Talk Live, the radio show that you can control by calling in at 603-435-1105. This is Dale. Did you say 1105? I, I did, and I, that was on purpose. Awesome. This is Buick. to do that. And Luther. <laughs> That's right. So, where's that Frive button at on my phone? I can't find it. <laughs> it's a special <clears throat> secret button like on Get Smart. Awesome. <laughs> That's how you get a, get a hold of the Batcave. Find yeah. the Frife button. It's right in between February and Smarch. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Smarch weather. <laughs> so, so we were talking about doing a market activity without getting permits. Yes. And uh, I like that they're doing it with the way they're doing it in Florida. Mm-hmm. They're in, in, engaging in, I guess you call it free market because they're giving stuff away for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the freegan market. So now, they, t- tell me a little bit more about how the uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about how the the um, flea market would work. Well, the idea is you would come down with your own table and uh, your own stuff and sell it at whatever price you set. Um, I would I would 
sort of be in charge. I would more or less just be kind of making very strong suggestions. Like, hey, let's line up in two rows here, you know, I for see. a little bit of organization. Well, you said something about a discount for people. So we'd oh, be charging well, people yeah, for tables I, or... No, I okay. uh, for the products I sell, it would be free. Anybody would be able oh, to come your, up. Oh, your specific stuff that you're selling. Yeah, the stuff that I would be selling. I, I would I would offer a discount for uh, spending with silver. I think that's the best way to uh, start to circulate that in the to community. To encourage right, its and use. Then, and, you know, yeah, and the other, you make the other. You know, you're putting a market pressure on the other sellers. Businesses, yes. To say, hey, he's accepting silver, and people are buying from him. Maybe I should accept silver too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great yeah, way. And you to, can you can yeah. get more for less essentially that way. Although really, <laughs> you're getting more for more. I mean, but yeah, because you're getting it for real money instead yeah, of paper. real value. <laughs> paper money that's dropping in value the longer it stays in your pocket. I know it's yeah. it's out of hand. So, um, yeah, flea markets. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have, have you, any of those awkward silences. Yeah, I haven't been able. To, I haven't been able to. Uh, I, I have been. Unable to go. I wasn't able to go the first time. Yeah, and uh, so and I missed all the uh, yeah. all the drama. Well, yeah, I was on my way it. there, and I I saw the pork four hundred one one messages that it was being broken up, and I was like, oh, well, I guess I won't bring all my crap then. <laughs> so I I missed out as well. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping I, I was actually hoping I'd be able to stop by at least for for some portion, of it, and then I I think it was probably not going to happen anyway, as busy as I was right, at right. the time, but. Um, and why are you so busy, Dale? I, I I am busy because I am trying to make a movie. Yes, and uh, in very untraditional ways. Well, it's it's not that untraditional, I guess. You know, just doing it. Um, you know, I think I think it probably a very lot of independent... low budget. Well, I don't know. Double fisting's not that usual. So I mean, it's <laughs> kind of unusual. that that, uh, that would probably be an instant money maker. I you know this is going to be a, you know. Uh, well, I think it'll be a moneymaker too, but not, the Barsky too. Not as easy as really? doing the, uh, you know, the. the yeah, I, know. I, I think the I'll Kiki be out there pushing videos. a lot. <laughs> I I think I'll be out there pushing a lot of DVDs uh, because what I make on this movie is based on sales, right? That's right. Yeah. It may, first, it's based on getting past the the debt, <laughs> the cost of the movie, and then yeah. Oh, so it's based on profit. So I have to profit. sell even more. It has to, the movie has to actually, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm in money. the movie, by the way, folks. Luther is like a star. There's only really, there's only five roles in it. Yeah, it was significant of, of significant. Yeah. I was supposed to be the role, but I, I have this pesky, annoying day job. You keep, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea. You know, like the the big. You would not think it, but like one of the biggest challenges to, and, and we're learning this very quickly, and it's uh, it's actually, I think we're learning It's it. coming along, yeah. Yeah, we're doing it pretty, I think we're pretty happy with how, how Yeah, once we got we're... set up last night, things really started to... <laughs> it's, uh, there's, like, clutter and disorganization is death to a to try, to a project like this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we're learning, all, we're doing all kinds of things to, like, organize and figure things out and chart things and checklists and... Yeah. Oh yeah, they uh, all that stuff. Uh, Calendars. And- a normal movie shoot, they schedule the crap out of it. There's you know assistant directors and second assistant directors that deal with all of the extras and the cast and the scheduling and the financing. It's pretty crazy how much they have to organize it to make sure that it goes off. Yeah, somewhat smoothly. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a sharp learning curve, but um, I'm I'm really sorry. But fortunately, there's like th- what's really cool is there's an incredible. Uh, human resource pool in in the area of Keene, New Hampshire, yeah. and, and New Hampshire in general. Some people can travel some and things like that. So there are actually a surprising number of people who are media skilled 
to varying degrees. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't have like, you know, mm. at my fingertips, uh, you know, someone who's a full-time professional director of photography or anything like that, but I have people who have experience in that area and things like that. And you get enough people together and you actually find out you can fill in the little, all the little gaps and everyone else can learn from the other people and you do some crazy stuff. And yeah. whatever you can't learn, there's the internet. There's the internet, and there's also it's amazing how much stuff you learn just from trying to do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, trial and error will definitely uh, you'll you figure know, something out. A lot of people probably know. A lot of people know me probably because they I get a plug every night when I when I do the show for AnarchyInYourHead.com, which is a comic strip that I started, and I started it with no artistic training of any sort. <laughs> well, you did. Uh, you did have talent. I had. That's I think a I start. Had, I, have, I think I've always had raw talent for drawing and stuff. Um, that I haven't really spent that much effort doing until I started the comic. So if you look at if you look at the comic from like when it started to where it is today, uh, it's still you know still uh, you Crude. know an amateur. I mean it's an amateur comic essentially. Yeah. I mean it's my hobby, but it's you know look at the difference. You know and yeah, it's, I you think can you, tell. Yeah, you just have to start doing something. I think that's the best way to learn it. You know, I, I think college is probably a bit overrated. And I you know, have to agree with you. you know? <laughs> and they were talking about it on the show the other night and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I completely have to agree with you. If I stayed in college, I would probably be working at a restaurant now trying to get a job as a teacher. Yeah, I mean, and they, and they say also that people who people who don't can't do teach. And people who can't teach, teach gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Or shop. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would argue that people who teach shop, yeah, they can probably actually do. do have some sort yeah. of basic skills, like how to measure yeah. twice and cut once. <laughs> <laughs> how not to lose a finger. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It's hard to just start doing something if you don't feel like it's. If you don't feel like you know, like it's going to turn out great. Like if you're worried yeah. it's going to turn out perfect. Then like you you won't even start doing it if you 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 start doing it and you know if it's not great at first then forgive yourself and make it better the next time you know or whatever and right. so uh, yeah I think it's um it's 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 the difference I think between people who actually ultimately become really successful and people who you know they just have an excuse to stop like oh well I just you know I tried that and I just wasn't good at it or something like oh you know keep going you'll get better at it. <laughs> that's true who was it um i believe it was like dr seuss or somebody submitted his books to 50 publishers or some insane number and eventually one of them said okay this this crap's crazy but we're gonna run with it and you know now they you know dr seuss you know he's the most probably famous child author there is and you know but or how, how many author, how many rejection letters book yeah children's author, books yeah I mean, how many rejection letters did he have to go through? And he just kept at it. Persistence. Yeah, I think there's a similar story with Stephen King. I think he, you know, he, has, he has stories about how, you know, how he started as a writer and people tried to discourage him over and over again. And he's, he just yeah. didn't let it happen. And yeah. now he's Stephen King. <laughs> right. Now, it, now so. it's hard to think of him not being... Yeah, now he openly mocks like those people in his books pretty much. Uh, every, yeah. It seems every book he writes has a character who's a writer. And they always, he always kind of goes back to his college days when his professor tells him that what he writes is nothing but pulp garbage, and he always seems to be venting about it. 
You know, I, that 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 always kind of kind of bugs me in a, in a work of fiction where the the main character is a writer. Yeah, or it's a movie. It's a it's about making a movie. Yeah, or a movie that takes place in L.A. or somewhere near L.A. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! There's other parts of the world. Yeah, it's, they did that with uh, with the new King Kong. They made Jack Driscoll, who in the old one was like a salty sea voyager badass, and they made him into a pussy ass writer. Yeah. So we're going to talk more about actually publishing and and getting your work out when we get back. Uh, Call in at 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio where you can control the show by calling in at 603 603- 435-1105. This is the, the special Inner Tubes Sunday edition <laughs> run by... Total, the interwebs. <laughs> run by total amateurs. Not really. We've all uh, got some hosting experience on the show. But uh, they're letting us run wild tonight. Yep. So uh, before the break, we were talking Indeed. about uh, some, some very popular, uh, well-known authors who started off uh, really struggling. And they just kept at it. And uh, that made me think about uh, a panel I went to at a, at a science fiction convention. Was it Pine? At a gay science fiction convention, actually, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah? Although the subject isn't anything about that. The, um, <laughs> What's a gay science fiction uh, convention? How you know, is that different? Uh, there's a lot of gay people there. Is it, is it sort of like there's nothing but men and no and women? There's parties at so night how is that different? You know, <laughs> where you're li- more likely to get laid than at a regular science fiction convention. Oh, right. Because at the regular one, it's all guys, but there's just no sex going on. <laughs> actually, no, there's plenty, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, just coincidentally, it was totally off subject, but I thought it'd be interesting. It was, in fact, a gay science fiction convention. I think it was called, uh, I think it's called Gay Laxicon. Gay Laxicon. Yeah. A play on Galaxy, perhaps? I think it's in Atlanta uh, coming up this year. <laughs> or Or, wait, this year, I think it'll be next year. Wait, no. I'll have to check. Anyway, the next one, I think, is in Atlanta. So, um, Check your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. So the, this panel, though, was talking about uh, print-on-demand, which is, you know, it's a new tech, not that new now, but a, new, a fairly new technology where, you know, normally you, to, to print a book, you typeset and print out and do binding, and it's a, there's this elaborate process, mm-hmm. and, you, and to justify it, you really need to print a lot of the books. Yeah. And now they've got technology that will, you know, you put in some data, and it prints out the book and a nice cover for it, that you, a nice paper cover to put around it and everything, and yeah. binds it, and you can uh, literally put, print three of them if you like. I've actually I've heard a little bit about this at my job. Uh, I fix copy machines, and um, uh, I've heard pretty much just what you said about it. But uh, it is yeah. exciting and new. Yeah, I've actually purchased several print-on-demand books from a publisher that I read quite often from Britain, and it is kind of neat. They're, they they basically they don't have like their entire back co- catalog or anything, but they do have a large selection of their out-of-print books, and a lot of them are kind of like old and. Uh, no longer in the canon, so to speak. Mm. But it's pretty cool because you can, you know, this this allows you to purchase these books. They're slightly more expensive than a normal paperback, but 
it's either that or you wouldn't be able to get it because it would be out of print. So, yeah, it's pretty neat. Well, and it's also a, an outlet for um, people to self-publish. Yeah, it really helps with that because you don't have to front or a publisher doesn't have to front a giant sum of money to uh, print out, you know, I don't know, 500 books or whatnot and then hope that they sell. Instead, you know, this allows the author to write his book give it to a publisher that's print on demand and then people buy it they print it you know there's no there's no waste pretty much involved you know it's it's it, it is it's yeah, a great and, idea and you know the risk you know it, it becomes a manageable risk yeah, it's, it's like making food you don't most restaurants don't make a giant pile of food hoping everyone's going to buy what they make they take your order then they make the food and it's right. the same thing and that's to the, updates that's, and that's the main difference between your regular uh uh a uh, retail store and a restaurant. I mean, essentially, it's the same thing. It's sales, except at a restaurant, you're selling food and it's manufactured on site. Yeah, you know, in a way, I look at it as an it's doing something similar that the internet did, and that's giving more people a voice because you look at it, these very wealthy, large companies uh, end up controlling what gets put out there to people. They get, they act as this filter mechanism for what people actually get to read. And now it's viable for someone to print their own book and to sell it maybe a little bit more expensive than you'd have to do it otherwise to a publisher. Yeah. And they don't get all the nice promotion that the, the publisher is going to do for you. If you Obviously, if you get accepted by a publisher and they want to print your book, they're going to promote it because they make money off it more than, you, more than the author, I believe. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> of course. Always. Of course, you know. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, you get all that promotion with it and everything. And the thing about this uh, panel, though, was there were these people who, some of them were in the market. Like, at least one guy was actually a print-on-demand provider. Like, he provided the service of print-on-demand, mm-hmm. and he was speaking out against it. He was saying, really? you should not do that, because <laughs> it's like, you, that is, it's like you will get blackballed by the publishing community if you self-publish. Wow. And, uh, and, and, and I was sitting there thinking, wow, these guys are scared. I think they're scared of losing this nice market share that they have yeah. by new technology. Well, yeah. I mean, Music books have been... Is, same thing is happening to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same thing. I mean, and uh, well, I'm all for that because I'm a musician and I hate the music industry. It's a real... Exactly. Yeah. It's I mean, a mess. They control who becomes the big stars well, or that, not. They promote or not. They, you know, they yeah. attach their name to something. Well, yeah, a, they will just put... A, They'll put out the most absolute garbage in the name of making a buck. Right. Well, it's a misnomer to call them the music industry, too, because they don't create music. They create CDs. That's basically what it's been. It's been record companies. They sell a physical product, and you have to have, you know, it's a a risk. uh, I don't know what what you call it, but they they calculate the risk, and the same thing with movies. If you're going to make something physical and you're going to sell it, then you want to make sure that you have the best, most... um, probable thing that's going to sell so these old music companies they make cds and you have a physical product that has to be sold and and now now that doesn't have to happen at all a musician anywhere can throw their stuff up online and anybody in the world can go and find it by googling or whatnot using startpage.com um and so that's taking away all this revenue from this, these old dinosaurs that create CDs. They don't create music. They create CDs. <laughs> yeah. Someone else making the content yeah. and they're and now, sifting through it and picking yeah, what they want. Yeah, and now want. they're outdated and you really don't need them anymore, but they're just they're, well, they're going crazy fighting. I, and, I think the technology is, you know, with everyone having a voice, the internet's doing it, print-on-demand is doing it. What the technology has done is I think it's going to take it from... All of a sudden, you're either a huge big star or yeah. a huge big author who can, you know, or uh, or you just fail. 
And now yeah. it's going to be, I think you're going to see more and more of people who make a decent living as a musician, you know, I hope get so. kind of famous, maybe locally or maybe right, to right. a certain it, very The internet market. makes it so much easier to uh, to promote yourself in that manner. I mean, it's been a great tool uh, in all, every band and, and I've it, ever been and in. And it could be that the, the, that the huge you know, blockbuster stars become less of a, a phenomenon well, or I, less I've, common of a phenomenon. I've heard this quote that uh, in the future, not everyone will get there, as Andy Warhol said, 15 minutes of fame, but you will be famous to 15 people. That's what the <laughs> internet is allowing is there are a lot of people out there that are very famous, but to fewer people. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise they wouldn't be famous at all. There are, there the are podcasts yeah. that I like to watch uh, that I'm sure nobody's ever heard of, like Tiki, Tiki Bar TV. Yeah, I've heard of that, actually. Damn it. <laughs> well, he's in... He's but I'm a, I'm a giant podcaster nerd, so that's why I've yeah, heard yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like it's the, the YouTube phenomenon of mm-hmm. people that are stars from YouTube. Yeah, it's made it, it very... It's made it more accessible to everybody, which I think is great because I hate celebrity worship and... Uh, oh, yeah. yes. Oh, I, I do, too. I mean, I love that someone can kind of start their own thing, get it out on YouTube, and get a buzz going... And that can catch on, and they can become famous. They can be, you know, multi-million viewers, and yeah. and become famous, and go on and do, you know, big, do other stuff, and carry on into other things. It's like, you know, if you, it's a chance to prove yourself, mm-hmm. and then go on to do great stuff. You know, as opposed to having to, you know, hopefully get discovered, you beg and plead, and yeah, jump, do jump yeah, jacks do it, in front doing of doing it yourself. You know, all the, the, the decision making power in the old punk rock uh, tradition. You know, just putting it out there. So, uh, how long have you been in a band? I'm not in a band right oh, now. Okay, that would be not at all. Yeah, uh, no, I've been playing music most of my life, though. Uh, I yep. joined my first band, my first real band, I guess you could say. I uh, might have been 15. That segues right into that story you've got there on your computer. <laughs> oh yes, it does. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Actually, speaking of teens. <laughs> This one uh, comes from uh, Gothamist.com. Uh, virgin bikini waxing now popular for preteen girls. Creepy. Virgin <laughs> bikini waxing. Yes. What's the difference between a virgin bikini wax and a non-virgin bikini wax? Yeah, I don't know why I, they would throw that word in there. That's retarded. Basically, it, it's, it's in quotes. is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's in quotes. Well, prepubescent, I think I, that describes it right there. Yeah. Anyway. Although, they're assuming that they're virgins. <laughs> who knows kids know. these They're days bikini waxes. with, with the media and, and all the influences and yeah and satan yeah and satan of course he's back and bigger <laughs> than ever well hold that thought we'll get to it after the break we have a caller all right this is free talk live you're on the air hello hello uh, tell us what you want to talk Hi. about um i wanted to talk about a conversation that i had with a friend last night Okay, hold that thought. We're going to go to the break, and we'll uh, carry on with that right after we get back. Here on Free Talk Live, you can call in and control the show, This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you can control. Call in at 603-435-1105, and you can be on the air and talk about what you'd like to talk about. So uh, when we left, um, we had just gotten a call from Andrew in Pennsylvania who wants to talk about 
How do you resolve disputes and how do you have a society without a court system? So, Andrew, you are on the air with Free Talk Live. Yeah. Uh, well, I was having a conversation with my friend last night, and I was uh, trying to open his eyes to, like, having a liber- like libertarian uh, viewpoint on a, with a voluntary society. But we, I reached a point where I couldn't answer a question when he asked me, like, uh, like how could we have this society without some kind of, you know, judicial system? You know, all I, all I really had to say was that we could have, like, some kind of free market uh, police force or we could choose who we could call and there wouldn't be like a monopoly of force and whatnot, but I just don't know how to explain where we would go from there. You didn't want to... Um, like, where talk, would they take... Do you want to talk about private arbitration and mediation? Which essentially is a, you know, a court. Uh, it's a it's a free market court. Um, Are you familiar with the concepts? No, I'm not. Well, imagine, just imagine that a service that resolves disputes between people. It's not. Okay. Uh, it's not a special organization the way that the way the court considers itself to be, you know, the, in a, in a state society. So imagine right. that basically the two parties would come to a third party who would review the case and uh, make a decision that would be binding to the to the uh, oh. agreement. And that's because the two people who are having the dispute, they've decided, you know, we have a dispute. We don't want to come to blows about it, and actually, you know fight over it and, you know, possibly have it, you know, lead to violence. They both decided, okay, let's find a way to resolve this without violence. And they both sign an agreement. They've signed a contract saying they, that with a third party saying we're going to abide by your decision. And that third party, yeah, whatever it may it's, be, it's not special. And that's a good thing. That means it's accountable for its own decisions and it has a reputation to maintain. And that's the only way it can keep getting customers. And that's the only way two people, two different parties who are in dispute are going to be willing to go to them and resolve that dispute is uh, if they maintain a reputation for, um, for, for, for fair decisions based on all the criteria involved. Well, so, well what if, what if uh, only one, one side of the party had a dispute with the other, but the other one didn't want to sign a contract of kind of... Well, uh, that, then, then that's... Know, reach, reach. The idea is that... The, well, the idea is then that, that well, you know, what might happen, for instance, if you had a dispute with me and I just... Didn't, you know, ignore, get rid of your predisposition or your preconceptions about how to resolve disputes by getting in this violent organization involved that's going to come and beat me up if I don't do as they say for you. Then okay. just think about the different parties involved and let's say you have a dispute with me and I just ignore you. Well, what might happen to me uh, if I just, you know, try to ignore you and there's a serious problem? What if I'm running a company and I screwed you over with my product like really bad and you got sick? And right. What sorts of things might happen to me uh, aside from the almighty state coming down upon me and putting me in jail or c- closing down my business? Or well, well like one thing, your reputation would be uh, at stake and it would be on the line. I mean, if you were uh, going around screwing people over with your merchandise, you know, not you wouldn't probably stay in business too long because nobody would want to buy your stuff. Yeah, I mean, you could. There's all kinds of things you could do if I'm not willing to try and work with you. You could go to the media. You could uh, create your own media, which would be much more viable in a free market society. That's something we talked about in the show, right? People having a voice because the technology is making that possible. Um, mm-hmm. You could. Uh, it, it might come depending on how badly I hurt you and was unwilling to to resolve that. 
you might actually it might you might actually be you know I might actually be under threat of violence from you. Yeah, right? you might maybe you know maybe you'll retaliate. Maybe you're so upset that you're willing to risk your life to cause harm to me. Yeah, uh, if I don't resolve it, um, there's all kinds of repercussions that can come up come about in a free market society. Yeah, and, aside from the the this one that's fabricated by a violent state. Yeah, uh, uh, responsibility okay. and uh, reputation will be much more. Uh, There'll be a, a greater emphasis on those in a freer society, I believe. And I think what it comes down to is anybody doing any, anyone taking any action ends up being responsible for that action, right? If I if I do even the third party arbitrator, if they come to a, if they make a really unfair decision, it might actually have repercussions on them. As it is right now, the, there's this incredible monopoly on violence, and the state is largely unaccountable. They can make any kind of decision they want, and if you don't like it, well, that's it. You know, that's the end of the that's the end of the line. The buck stops here. There's there's a very a tremendous lack of accountability, which is why they suck so badly. I mean, that's really at the root of it, and and, and all government, but it, but it's really at the root of why all government that's a monopoly sucks. It's not accountable okay. for its actions. Okay. They're too powerful, really. Well, I'm sorry if you, if you think that uh, we can take matters into our own hands, say, like if I have a dispute with somebody. And say he really hurt me, and I. What would be the purpose of going to uh, some kind of police force? You know, what what would they do? Like, where would they take him, or what kind of actions would they do to him? Well, the police force would really be your immediate. The, I think the idea of a police force is that's your immediate protection. Like, some your life is in danger right now, and they need to come protect you. There's, it's not about resolving a dispute. There's no time to resolve oh, okay. a dispute. You need someone to protect you right now. Uh, it wouldn't be an aggressor. It wouldn't be someone that would go out and take revenge for you. I mean, they would not last very okay. long at all, I don't think, in a free market. That would not be tolerated. I don't think. They wouldn't be as all-powerful as the state. They wouldn't have that monopoly on violence. So, again, they would be responsible. They would, there would be all kinds of repercussions for their actions if they didn't have the power that a monopoly on violence like the state has. So they're, they're, the idea of them would be, okay, you're in danger right now. We're going to come to your protection, and, and they will use all reasonable means to do something about that. But that, okay. then the, the whole dispute resolution is a different thing, right? That's after the fact. So really, some damage has been done. And... All right. Well, so really just the police force would be just a form of protection. And then I'm just trying to clear this up. So then some kind of uh, – when you reach an agreement with a dispute, you just have to come to a third-party um, mediator where they would have to – it's it's a way uh, of resolving disputes to... short of coming to blows, right? I mean, I could also I could also always okay. I could always like come challenge you to a duel or something, I suppose. <laughs> but but if I wanted to resolve it peacefully, okay. I might get a third party involved because then you know because yeah, we're both even probably in, emotional about even it. Even in the old duels, I mean, there was usually a, a an external party that would say, you know, hey, we can still stop this without Most violence. Most duels ended yeah. before they actually resulted in in a fight. Actually, yeah. So does that answer right, your question? Cool. Thanks, guys. Sure. Okay, uh, we have another caller. This is Free Talk Live. Uh, what would you like to talk about? Hi, um, this is Mama Allie from The Last Biscuit. Hey, oh, Mama yeah, Allie, Allie, what's going on? <laughs> Hi, baby. Um, I need some help. I need to give a shout-out to some people to get um, on Facebook and help me out. There's a guy, um, his name is Michael Gaster. He's running for State House right now here in Savannah, mm-hmm. and he claims to be... Freedom this and freedom that. You know, I don't trust politicians for nothing. Well, he actually saw a girl get ripped out of a car last night on Tybee and got arrested by the Tybee police for 
making a comment by calling a, a cop a dick. But she was in the back seat, like she wasn't freedom of speech. Totally, everything got violated on her. Anyways, they pushed her into like all these other charges and everything. He stood by and watched, and now he's like, he posted a thing on his wall, and I pretty much got him in the corner where he's gonna either gonna have to step up and actually do something or shut up. And I need some help from some people who, some freedom-minded people who can get on his wall and let him know because there's like all these people defending him to do nothing. Mm. And I'm like it. It's blowing my mind, like, and I just need some help on the wall, like, really bad. Yeah, I saw a little bit of something like that on uh, Facebook. I didn't, I wasn't really sure what it was about, though. Uh... Okay, this girl, this is what happened. They were, the cops were shaking down some people on Tybee Island. We have open container here, so you can walk around with a drink or whatever. Anyways, uh-huh. the cops are shaking people down like they normally do, being assholes. Well, this girl makes a comment. She's in the car, in a car, totally separate from the altercation, and makes a comment. A cop's a dick. Well, hmm. the cop rips the car door open, pulls her out, throws her on the concrete, cuffs her and arrests her, and then now she's got all these other charges on her, like she drinking underage, not having the right ID, and all that other stuff, which, had he stepped up in the first place and been like, no, you can't do that, she didn't do anything wrong. Right. Because she's in the back seat. Contempt of cop is what it's called, I believe. <laughs> Basically, right, anything you, know, you do that offends a cop, you've broken a law as far as they're concerned. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some more when we get back to the break, okay? Okay. All right, we'll be right back with Mama Allie. You can call in at 603-435-1105 and take control of the show. Talk Live. We're back. This is Dale. This is Puke. And Luther. And before the break, we were talking to Mama Allie um, in, in Savannah, Georgia, I believe. We'll check with her in a moment. Now, um, now Mama Allie, you're a bit of a, a, to the people who might be new listeners tonight, you're a bit of a, uh, bit of a, a minor celebrity on Free Talk Live. Um, uh-huh. You've got quite a fan base of people who are, uh, support your Agris restaurant um, in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, we do all right. We do good business. We keep the lights on, that's for sure. Yeah. And you are, you were telling us a story about a politician who is not looking into a horrible yeah. police corruption scandal. Yeah, I really need some help from any of the freedom fighters out there, any and everybody who's got Facebook. Please go on Savannah Last Biscuits page, look in my friends list for Michael Gaster, G-A-S-T-E-R. Look on his page. Pretty much what happened last night is this guy's running for state house right now in our town. He's also a regular Last Biscuit eater, so that's how I know him. That's the only reason I even pay attention to him as a politician at all. Just kind of been watching him. You know, he claims libertarian. He claims freedom this and freedom that. Well, pretty much last night he was on Tybee and saw the cops shaking these kids down or whatever, like they always do out there. Mm -hmm. And this girl was in a car, in the backseat of a car, and she was like, that cop's a dick. Was well, it Sandra Bullock? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the exact same island. Yeah. But um, they ripped her, ripped her out of the car, cuffed her on the concrete, and arrested her. Okay. Well, they told him to back off or else he would get arrested, too, because he spoke up for her. I mean, she didn't do anything wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. Freedom of speech. She was inside a vehicle. Okay, well, then they trumped up all these things for her. If I have the right girl, and which I'm like 100, I want to say 99% sure. Me and Margie have been on it all day trying to figure out exactly who it is. I've looked at every single person arrested. This girl has got to be her. But 
that now there's like four or five charges on her for because she was a minor. She obviously didn't give them the right ID. She was intoxicated. They charged her with public drunkenness. She was in a car, in a car, with the door <laughs> shut. Not moving, I believe, right? Yeah. Am I correct to understand she wasn't moving? The car wasn't moving? I think we might have lost we her. We might have lost her. She's, she's showing us still on the line, so I think... No. Nope. Yeah, we lost her. All well, right. She Maybe she'll call back. Call back. Um, this might be her. Let's see. This is Free Talk Live. You're on the air. That's it's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what we thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Anyways, had he stood up for her and said, no, you can't take that girl to jail. Please quit hurting her. She, none of those charges would have even been relevant. None whatsoever. She didn't do right. anything wrong she did, for them she, to find any of that out anyways. She committed and the so much well-known think, crime of contempt of cop. She up, she offended exactly. a cop. Which is bunk. <laughs> and then Which is they, bunk. they can get away with anything, and so they do. They do right. it. Right, and so currently they are. And what is happening now on his wall is that his supporters are making excuses for him to do nothing, and it's killing me. Is it because, it's because a cop is involved and they're probably cop, cop worshippers, right? Well, to be honest with you, what I think it is, it's because now she's attached to an underage drinking charge and because he's going, he's running for election right now, he doesn't want to be attached to an underage drinking charge. But mm. if he had stood up for that little girl in the first place, she wouldn't even have that charge. So it's bunk. Right. So yeah. anyways, he's, everybody's, pretty much like skirting around it or whatever, and I'm nailing him to the wall. You know, if you want to be, what you say you're on there, he's like, I- I'm going to stand up for freedom at any expense, and I'm, I'm holding him to it. You said at any expense, do it. Find that little girl and help her. Now, you know what, what do mean? people need to I'm know? To tell, uh, tell the listeners what they need to know to find this and to respond. This is okay, on Facebook. If you go, yeah, this is on Facebook. If you go on my site, Savannah Last Biscuit, and look in my friends, it's Michael Gaster, G-A-S-T-E-R, and you can go right on his wall. And he's a I'm customer. At it right now. He's a customer of Last Biscuit. Did I understand that correctly? He is. Okay. Yes, he is. He has been for a long time. Before I even knew who he was, I won't say what our opinion of was him <laughs> before we actually met him, but mm-hmm. um, we didn't know he was a politician. We just thought he was a regular customer. Okay. And. Um, he, he's he's a vegetarian, and so I make special meals for him. I actually even just wow. put up a new menu with um, a special because of him. I now make fried mac and cheese on my menu. You know, so I did not realize that you. Been, could, well, I, you, I knew you made special uh, meals on request, but it's interesting. It's hard to picture uh, that great Southern cooking vegetarian, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's pretty, that's interesting. Yeah, but you know, I I make you know whatever makes them happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can cook yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, you I sure can. I can make good country gravy, vegetarian. So, you know, oh, I have wow. particular Excellent. people here. You know, we have, you know, we have SCAD, which is an art school, and, and a lot of finicky eaters come with art kids, you know what I mean? So I have to kind of cater to that to stay afloat, and I don't mind. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it challenges me in my area, and I'm, and I'm glad for it. You know, I'm glad for the different out-of-the-box kind of things to be able to do. You know? Well, speaking so, of business, have you, have you considered uh, – ostracizing this guy at all and and refusing him service until he does the right thing i'm telling you right now if he doesn't do the right thing i'm stringing that guy up by his toes you will see michael gaster state house signs burning all over town if he doesn't do what's right by that little girl wow this is ridiculous yeah. he's a witness to that happening he heard everything that was said he saw yeah. the officer do it 
he can stand up in court and help that little girl. And if he doesn't do it, it's his ass. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm not I, having it. Not a big fan no. of politicians myself. And well, I, I'm glad that you're yeah. sticking up for either. this little girl it, when that when that when that little you know, wimpy politician won't. You know, I'm not saying. You know, I'm not saying he he won't. I want to see that he is doing something other than just saying something on Facebook to get patted on the back for looking like he's promoting freedom. You know what I mean? I want to see he's, he's about what he says before I funnel even right. one single one of my people in his direction. I will not funnel these people into another direction of a politician who's just going to say something and not be oh, about Oh, this it. rhetoric for you know, freedom is really big. Yeah. Just, just a bunch of rhetoric is big. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's crap. You know what I mean? If you're not going to be about it, don't say it. Because if yeah. you're going to say it in my town, I'm going to be all over you. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's don't, not going to happen. Don't just talk the talk. Walk the walk. Exactly. You yep. know what I mean? If you're going to stand up and say that you're going to stand up for freedom to any expense, get off your butt and do it. Show me. You know what I mean? Show me and show these people that you're really doing it. Right. Because I'm not I'm not buying anything that comes out of a politician's mouth ever. No. Nope. You know, and 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 it and it's ridiculous to me that on his wall with the post exactly what I think he wanted to happen, which is people pat him on the back for the almost arrest. It's happening through his friends and it makes me sick. And I need some of our friends, some of the freedom fighter people that have a real good head on their shoulders, not this bought and sold head on their shoulders to make some real solid comments on there with some facts to back up some things because they're making excuses for him to buckle. They're making excuses, well, that politicians don't fight in the streets. Uh, well, they should be the first line of defense as far as I'm concerned. Right. You know, out there protecting us, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I mean, they want know, to make I all just, these decisions for us, but they don't want to act on it themselves. You know, you know they, they want to send exactly, somebody else to do the exactly. dirty work. When people want something from a politician, maybe they feel like that politician is going to do some great, some real good in office. They've got this, they've got these hopes for them to do some real good. They, they let all kinds of stuff slide. I mean, it's yeah. like, that's, it, it's, it's really disturbing. Yeah. Well, I, hey, Mama Ali. Mama Ali, I just want to tell you that your food uh, cured my hangover every morning of Court Fest. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Hangover for you. Thanks, Mama Allie. All right. Give it to him. This is Free Talk Live. You can control the show by calling in at 603 435 1105. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the interwebs. Yes, this is so cool. Did you know there are smart folks all over the world who need to meet you? Why? Well, if you're from an English-speaking country, then check out english.freetalklive.com right this very second to find out. If you're listening to this podcast, then pause it right now and check out the site. Go to english.freetalklive.com and discover how to create your own online business. All you need to get started is the ebook, the internet, Skype, a webcam, and a microphone. What an inexpensive way to become your own boss that oversees a rewarding and challenging job that requires your unique creativity and passion. Pause the podcast and visit english.freetalklive.com right now. So, um, we have a call during the break. Andrew from Massachusetts was going to talk about arbitration and mediation. Private arbitration hey, and mediation. Hey, Pukendale. How's it going tonight? Hi. Good. Long time um, no see. I know, I know. From the <laughs> FTL Studios. Yep. Um, I, I actually would like to. I I have an idea about starting a private uh, dispute settlement service, and uh, that's a it's a common thing that comes up. Uh, how would this work? And um, 
how will uh, disputes be settled in a private system. Um, so I'm actually thinking about starting one myself, but um, I do have a question. Um, say there were a murderer in a private court system uh, convicted the murderer, and the murderer, you know, said that he didn't do it. And, you know, how how would you um, get some teeth into your um, whatever your private court system, uh, you know, their decision? How would you uh, enact those uh, decisions? Right. You know, they uh, um, the guy either was sentenced to life in prison or um, to death. Like, how, how would you enforce those those well, I, I would uh, I would use violent thugs to make him Dale's uh, houseboy. <laughs> yeah, I'm against the death penalty, so they have to be my houseboy. No, 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 no. I don't, I'm not sure that that's like good criteria for a houseboy. Like, like murderer, <laughs> murderer. You'd have and... to keep him away from sharp objects. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that would be... I, I really can't... I, I have a hard time answering that because I don't think the death penalty uh, would... I don't really see the death penalty as the kind of thing that a private arbitration thing could get away with and still be maintain a reputation. It's so retri- retributive as opposed to restitution oriented. Yeah. I think that the you know there's something about uh natural law that should come into play uh with private arbitration, the whole idea of something that a law coming about because it makes sense as opposed to because some authority figure laid it down from upon high and you're just forced to accept it. There's something about natural law that's that causes it to be held to a higher standard uh in terms of trying to have a certain reputation level and to sell it to people. It has to be sold to people. It's free market just like everything else, right? And so it then becomes subject to the free market and it's subject to competition is subject to interpretation by a lot of different people and it can evolve unlike the state which is a monopoly on violence it's unaccountable and so it doesn't evolve it, it gets stuck you know it, it it is what it is and you're stuck with it so i i think the death penalty I, I mean I'm, I'm biased i'm against the death penalty uh, and i think I'll, you know it's fairly common amongst libertarians to be against the death penalty uh, although i'm sure it's not consistently a, a, a view of libertarians i but, well, I would think only in the most extreme cases, but um, let's just say like someone had been convicted of murder, murdering multiple people, and then while they were incarcerated, they killed multiple people, and, you know, these things do happen. So, you know, that, that might be a case. But, you know, also um, a jail sentence. Um, this person's been sentenced to a lifetime in sure. jail. Um, mm-hmm. So, Well, I, see, my, in my mind, if you're talking about a world, if the point of, of, of these services is to protect people, to restore them, that is to restore damages caused to people. If someone causes you harm, they should be responsible for trying doing whatever's in their power to restore that harm. If they want to get back in the good graces of people, if they ever yeah. want to be a free person again, they say, all right, I, I'm going to show that I am a good person, that I am going to fix the harm that I did so that people will give me a chance again. They, 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 the whole point is restitution, is to show that you can be a better person again and, right. and restore the harm that you caused. And if someone, and the idea of putting someone away for life, the only reason I can think of for that is because it's that's the only way you can keep people safe from that person. Well, that would be for like serial killers, crazy yeah, yeah. nut jobs. Yeah. Yeah. If they're a nut job, if, they're, if, they, if they seem beyond hope of redemption, then you put them away for life. Uh, because that's the only way. I mean, yeah. you know, they're showing no ho- no hope for recovering, and even then, that's not to punish them; it's to prevent harm. Yeah, I, I believe Mary Ruart in her book suggested uh, having them pay for their own incarceration. Uh, that might have been where I read that, and I think that's a fine idea too. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think so. I, yeah. so. 
Any any other thoughts on that? No, I, I agree that um, that you know if they harm reduction would be the best the best strategy in, in right. all cases. Um, That's always and first per, line of defense, and prevention right? as yeah. well. Prevention, harm reduction, prevention. Yeah. yeah. All right. Any other thoughts? Uh, no, thanks, guys. Okay. All thanks right. for calling in. Thanks for calling Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You are on the air. Oh, hey, guys. Would that be me? That would be you, yes. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's uh, Dave from Miller Report. Hey, Dave. Oh, hi, Dave. I wanted to weigh in on a couple of things that came up last week. Uh, two callers who uh, called in with concerns, and they were requesting advice, and uh, I don't, wouldn't have any other way of providing them advice except by calling Free Talk Live. All right. Hopefully they're listening tonight. The uh, first was uh, a young man who was considering going into the military. This was about two days ago, I think, that he called. Oh, right. I think I was and, on that uh, night, actually. Yeah, Yeah, I remember him calling in. Yeah. Uh, I have a thought for him. I mean, if he is certain that he wants to be involved in, you know, uh, military or paramilitary activities, there is a way probably to do that that uh, more dangerous than being a soldier, but it would actually maybe do some good rather than doing harm. Uh, and and that would be for him to, uh, you know, maybe uh, join the resistance in Darfur against the um, uh, Sudanese government, which is, uh, you know, near, it's considered the closest thing to genocide that's going on in the world right now. And, uh, uh, you know, that might be one, I mean, if he feels like he needs to carry a gun and shoot things or people, uh, <laughs> yeah. at least. Shoot at uh, bad things and bad people. <laughs> okay, uh, interesting point. Yeah, it's a good idea to find some some sort of a cooperation force yeah. somewhere out there. Africa probably is a good place to find something like that. Now, do you know if that's are they hiring people? Or would that be like a volunteer effort on his part? Do you know? Well, he would probably not have something he could join. He'd probably have to start something. But, I mean, I don't know. There probably is stuff there. I mean, he could join the Darfur Rebels. I don't know what the name of the organization yeah. is. Yeah. I, I wonder, imagine I that's how... not the easiest thing to do, to be yeah, an American. I'm also thinking, I mean, my, I, I, I'm trying to recall the, the specifics of the call right now, but I, 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 I'm kind of under the impression that the, generally a lot of the reasons that the people join the military, I mean, maybe they want to shoot things and stuff like that. And if that's the case, then yeah, maybe that's your the place to go. But right. but I think a lot of people do it out of desperation because they want a job, you know, and they're well, having this, trouble yeah. in a bad economy. Yeah, that young man, like I believe, that. wanted to do it for the glory. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay, well, then maybe the it does make glory sense. Is, I, think, I mean, they look at George Orwell and the Spanish Civil War yeah. or Ernest Hemingway. I mean, those people are regarded as heroes, even though they didn't really join any government military no yeah wasn't wasn't orwell just kind of thrust into it like he just showed up to report and was handed a gun and said here (laughs) well he was shot in the neck i know (laughs) yeah 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 and uh, he got he sort of he was singled out often by snipers i guess from what i understand but he did did survive yeah of course he he, you know he he became disillusioned with the whole effort because stalin pretty much took the the thing over uh the side that he was fighting for but um basically at least they were fighting german nazis you know it was a start uh, there was some, some, yeah, and and Franco, who was just as bad in some ways. Yeah, but anyway, that's that's just a thought with regard to the young man. He doesn't have to choose between a completely peaceful life and uh, going into the military. He could he could use uh, defensive destruction, I think, over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but, a, a well, very that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Yep. Very interesting view on it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's also what happened in Bosnia. Uh, there was a lot of mercenaries that went over. and I, Again, I think that the mercenaries, really, they took greater risks than the military did, the ones that were trying to intervene against genocide yeah. as yeah. mercenaries. 
You any uh, other thoughts for us tonight before we go to the break, Dave? Oh, I did have a different talk caller that I wanted to comment on, but I can always call back later on TV. All right, yeah, call, call back uh, tomorrow night, perhaps. Or not, yeah, and uh, thanks for calling in, Dave. All right, thanks, guys. Okay. Yep. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. You can call in and control the show at 603-435-1105. Free Talk Live, a special Sunday internet-only edition. You can call in and control the show at 603-435-1105. And a little later, we will be talking about political cartoons, uh, the lowest form of communication. Yep. As well as uh, preteen bikini waxing. Oh, and preteen bikini waxing. Yeah, we still have to get to that. We better yep. not let that one slip. No, that, that's a good one. So, um, in the meantime, <laughs> we have a caller from Texas. Brett in Texas wants to talk about free market services like police and courts and things like that. Brett, uh, you are on the air. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey. I uh, just wanted to put in a plug for a class that the Mises Institute is doing in a few weeks. Plug away. Uh, sure. Um, Mises Institute has a Mises Academy now. Uh, and on August 24th, they're going to start a class on exploring the theory of the completely free society. Um, the first week, they're going to cover private production of law and judicial rulings. Uh, the second week, they're going to do private law enforcement and military defense. Week three, they're going to do common objections. And week four, historical application. Uh, the class is about $150. And uh, uh, basically, it's an online class with uh, live lectures, um, free online readings, uh, chats, discussion forums, weekly quizzes, and a final exam if you want to take it. Um, Robert Murphy is the professor of the class. He has written a book, Chaos Theory, on uh, private, uh, uh, private free market society is providing these things. And uh, he's an Austrian economist. So, anyways. This sounds I, pretty I interesting. Yeah. If I had time for it, I mean, the, you know, that I, I, I'd probably shell out the money for that. I feel like, you know, I've been doing this cartoon about uh, stateless society now for, for some years. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd probably enjoy a class like that if I had time for it. I don't, I don't know how soon I'll be able to do it. Is this yeah. going to be a recurring thing or is this uh, just an um, experiment at the moment? Well, they just started the academy this summer. So it's one of their first classes. Um probably their seventh or eighth now. Uh, they plan on doing repeat classes as the years go. Um, you can audit the class. Like, you don't have to do it for a grade. And once you pay for it, the materials and the lectures are saved, and you can access it whenever. Uh, nice. I took their first class when it started, I think, in July, I think is when it first started, or June. And I still have all the lectures and stuff from the... Uh, first class I took, and I plan on taking this one, so. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, tell them that they should advertise it on Free Talk Live. <laughs> yeah. It's a, well, you, so. sort of, you sort of have, but I mean, you know. <laughs> right. I think, it, uh, I think it sounds really cool. What do you think, guys? I think it sounds like a great idea. Um, That's the kind of thing, if you want to have conversations yeah. with people about a stateless society, these are people oh, who yeah. really 
researched it and thought through it, and you can get a really good uh, foundation of knowledge on the subject. Yeah, it sounds like something that I would hope would be accessible, you know, later on, maybe for free, that you could point people to, like for people like statists or whatever bureaucrats have these questions. You could be like, "Well, go here. You can read this." Look well, look at these academics that have well, thought of this too. stuff, you know? Yeah, that's good. Not I just think me, some yokel. I feel like sometimes people will consider it sort of dismissive, like, oh, just go there and you'll find out all about it. You know, they probably it's probably better to be prepared to discuss it, you know, actually. Yeah, absolutely, but it's, it, like it's, it's also more helpful, I think, you know, if you have some some sort of resource to point people to as well as yeah. the discussion be I like agree. see i'm not Especially just if it's i'm not just making this crap up <laughs> other people are making it up too <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially if it's well, succinct uh, you know yeah robert murphy's book uh chaos theory um i can't remember how long it is probably it's it's short it's probably only 100 pages or so um it's online for free through the mises institute so nice. if people just want to read it they can do that um, but the advantage of the class is you can field direct questions to Murphy, and he can answer it live. He does office hours on Saturdays, which is just a couple hours where you can field any questions and he'll answer and stuff like that. Yeah, nice. I like it. I, so, I think if it's if it's still going when my when I when I can when I have time to wipe my butt again. Then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's, it sounds great. I just <laughs> no, that does um, not sound great. Well, <laughs> oh, you mean sorry, you I, meant I, the mysis thing? I, yeah, I, I, I was still okay. on your. If butt you could there, sit a little further I, that way, Dale, that'd be great. <laughs> I was creative, wondering what that smell was. My creative uh, analogies for describing things. Anyway, yeah, he's yeah. really busy. Apparently, <laughs> I'm very busy, and um, I yeah, I, I all the things I love in life are temporarily on hold for this one thing I love a lot right now. But I would, I, I would love to see, I hope that class succeeds and I hope that enough right. so that they can keep doing it because it's probably something I will take at some point if it's still going. Sure. So I'm wishing um, it a lot of success. It's at academy.mises.org, M-I-S-E-S. Okay. So, academy.mises.org. Yep. So people should check that out. All right. Do you have anything right. else for us, Brett? Um, no, I think that's about it. Okay. Well, thanks for calling Free Talk Live. No problem. Have a good night. So, uh, coming up, um, we're going to be talking about political political cartoons, the lowest form of communication. And uh, I thought this is a, a subject close to my heart because I do do uh, cartoons that are of a political nature, but they're really, I hope that they're not like typical political cartoons. I think I've actually turned them, I started off sort of like political cartoons, but I think different, and uh, they've become more like free state inside joke comic cartoons. <laughs> yeah, somewhat, somewhat, and, and they're comic mm. strips, really, which is different from a political cartoon, which is usually single panel sort of thing. Single right. panel um, with everything. You know, Luther had a. Uh, we don't want to let it slip. This whole virgin bikini wax story. Yes. Well, we do have a whole other hour. I mean, but I guess yeah. I'll get this started. This Let's is get from it started, and we'll keep. Going. Yeah, this is from Gothamist dot com. MSNBC. Is has, this related to Batman, by the way? I don't believe so. Gothamist. Probably just New York City. He probably punches people in the face who wax children yeah. like this. Okay. Yeah. You waxed a child? Yeah. Not in my town. Pow! Zing. How, old does, <laughs> how old does a virgin have to be before they can consent to a wax Well, uh, let's get into that. At least 40 we? or 50 years old, I'd say. <laughs> MSNBC has a long trend piece about how increasingly younger girls are getting bikini waxing. How young? Well, Wanda Stausick 
<laughs> who runs? Uh, yeah, that's unpronounceable. Her name's not important. How many important. young girls need Wanda, a who bar. runs Wanda's European Skincare Let's on West Fifty Seventh Street, offers discounts for clients as young as eight, and she says preteen business is booming. Telling the Post that in <laughs> in ten years, waxing children will be like t- taking them to the dentist or it, putting braces on their teeth. Now hold on, hold on. <laughs> they, is this because okay. of BHT in their food and milk and stuff like that? Because like, Possibly. why are they? Why are preteen girls needing waxings? Well, it kind of gets into that. Oh, um, all right, carry on. And I think it has to do with them it's reaching puberty I, earlier. It's more fun when I interrupt you a lot. So. No, no, it's not. <laughs> well, fun for me. I don't do it to you. <laughs> okay. This is an important subject. The people of America need to hear about this, Dale. Virgin Waxing. for uh, <laughs> her, uh, her company's website says it all. Virgin Waxing for children eight years old and up who have uh, never shaved before. Virgin hair can be waxed so successfully that growth can be permanently stopped in just two to six sessions. Save Again, your- I don't, I don't, I don't really care for the whole use of the term "virgin," which doesn't have anything to do with hair growth. This <sighs> is cool. I, you, they can actually, you know, like get it all over with at this stage in life. Yeah, and then that would actually be to, cool if, yeah, you know, it's like an effective form sucks. of hair removal, but only if you catch it early, huh? I, I'm very hairy. I, I take offense to that puke. Yeah, dirty Italian. <laughs> Save your child a lifetime of waxing and put the money <laughs> in the bank for her college education instead. Well, you know, you can always buy her a razor. And <laughs> anyway. How, the, how much does a lifetime of waxing cost if you can pay for college over... Wow. Yeah. I've never so, been to a waxing, uh, so I don't uh, know well, that Yeah, cost. so if you're basically... If you're putting money into a fund to pay for your child's waxing throughout their life, mm-hmm. you can now take that and put it into a college fund instead. And waste it there. <laughs> exactly. Now, carry on. Well, you can send them to cosmetology school and they can learn to wax themselves. Yeah. Moving along. Anyway, back to waxing. <laughs> uh, and leave it to the post to enlighten those readers interested in whether there's even hair to wax. Pre-puberty hair called velus or velus is a fine, light, pigmented hair. When a child hits puberty, which these days is happening to kids as young as nine, the hair coarsens and darkens and must be torn out by the roots uh, if you don't want the other girls to laugh at you. Of course, some people like huh. child psychiatrist uh, Candida Fink. <laughs> Great <laughs> names. names. Yeah, think this is another example of how younger and younger girls are being sexualized and objectified. Uh, we can have more on that, I guess, when we come back from the break. I bet you could, you could survey women if they could have done something really early and not have, and not, not had to have hair removal the rest of their life. They would have been thrilled. All right. This is Free Talk Live. I would have been thrilled. Call in. We're going to continue. Uh, call 603-435-1105, and you can control the show. listening to the special internet-only Sunday edition of Free Talk Live, where you can call in and control the show at any time by calling 603-435-1105. We were talking about a very important subject before the break. I think it's near and dear to the hearts of Americans everywhere. Pre-teen waxing. <laughs> now, you said bikini waxing. It's not really near to the it's heart. Actually, it's sort of near somewhere else. Did I say b- bikini or Brazilian? Um, um, those are similar things, like, but not quite exactly the same thing. Right. That's uh, anyway. Uh, 
Uh, so I'll go on. Uh, apparently, uh, Dr. Fink here, Candida, uh, who's a psychiatrist, thinks uh, this is another example of how younger and younger girls are being sexualized and objectified. And Dr. Diane Levin, co-author of the book So Sexy So Soon, says, Girls are learning the worst possible lessons about body image and body hair. Keep your bodies like little girls because that's what men want. Uh, anyway, better you hear uh, about all this here in the safe place instead of your own uh, from your creepy co-worker. Or did we just become your creepy co-worker? But isn't body hair the, or the lack of body hair a... I mean, I guess you, it certainly seems like a youthful trait, yeah. but it's also a feminine trait, right? Well, I mean, it's, men are it's more a feminine women, standard. And, yeah, yeah, and, and it is. is triggered by and so it just, yeah, it just pushes that to the most extreme hilt, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but, I guess I can't, I mean, I can't say that it's a bad thing to, for women to want to be more well, feminine. Well, men are generally, and in fact, men all around the world, not just in our society, are generally attracted to nobility in a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and women are attracted to wallets. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that was that was pretty low. I'm sorry about that, women. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're really attracted to what's in the wallet. I think there, were, I think there were a lot of men that were offended by that because they're like, "Oh man, there's not much in my wallet." You know. Oh yeah. But what what about? I mean, maybe not necessarily. It doesn't have to do with the age. Maybe people just don't like hair that much. I mean, certainly, uh, I know, I'm with I you. I know. Well, I and and like, for me, it's what you know, Dale I said. Like, I know I mean, a lot of gay men that would love to go back and do that and yeah. have nice, you know. Well, for hair, me, it's what booties. it's what Dale said. I mean, I associate hairiness with manliness, you know, and I don't want really want a woman with a strong jaw and uh, broad shoulders and, and a deep, nice healthy and a, Adam's apple. Yeah, <laughs> a nice, nice deep voice, a nice row of chest hair right down the middle. Hey, the sailor, nail. want a good time? <laughs> My name's Loretta. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I like femininity. You know, I like that it's kind funny. of stuff. These, these, uh, these psychologists that are all up in arms about this, how much, how much of a fuss have they raised about cutting off parts of male penises before yeah. they're even out of the hospital? After oh, I, I know. That's, that's... Yeah, I mean, waxing seems pretty tame compared to circumcision, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, can we talk about picking your battles? I, 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 w- really? I want to say that circumcision in, uh, involves a lot more pain and screaming as somebody... <laughs> I don't recall it, but I went through it. <laughs> and, and lack of consent and lack of any sort of, you know... Uh, I would also like to state for the record that I am not necessarily attracted to nobility as I like older women, so... Okay. I'm not just some sick pervert pushing <laughs> my, my ideas about young body waxing. <laughs> well, I think it is kind of strange I, to, to have your kid, you know, to be... You know, waxing and such cosmetic well, but applications, if but, uh, but if it's I feel it's the only same works as makeup. At that time to have a permanent, yeah. Log, although you know, that might be pretty cool because there are women. There are, I mean, there are a lot of women that spend a lot of time and effort and money to remove hair. Yeah, that keeps yeah. growing back. That's and true. And if you can get it, and at a certain time, if you get it and it stays gone. Yeah, then that's it, just. I mean, that's just like true. That's just a technological advance, as far as I'm concerned. But also, I figured I something mean, out I, that makes life easier. This is a cosmetic thing, just like. Little girls wearing makeup or getting uh, their ears pierced or whatnot. I mean, uh, it's not that much different, it's, honestly. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a really, change in societal standards. Is, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be as commonplace as going to the dentist like uh, the one the waxer yeah, said. That but. was a little crazy. <laughs> well, but it's different in that this is the only time you can do it and have this have it be effective. Effective, like yeah. It's like if you want to do it, do you want to do it for a few weeks and be done for the rest of your life? Yeah. Or do you want to do it for the rest of your life? Yeah. Expense, time. Pain, more pain. You know, I mean, it it, it kind of makes sense, really. Yeah. Well, the only thing though is that 
if there's if there's a you know the child consent is removed if the mother has it done to the child you know I don't maybe the child wouldn't necessarily want it to be done right there is that factor because you know young child but all kinds of crazy I, I, crap is parents choose to do their children that maybe the children would not want to have done absolutely that in the end you know once they're an adult they realize the benefit of it so yeah I think though too uh, and, and and exactly but I think I bet if you told a child well we can do something now and you won't get weird hair later on they'd be like. I mean, it's 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 a little bit traumatizing to a child. Yeah, the changes from puberty and you know if this is something that yeah, I remember it kind of freaked I me out when I got my first hairs. Yeah, and it's probably more so for women. I mean, yeah, you know, again, it's commonly associated as being a feminine thing to be less hairy. You know? Yeah. Okay, we have a caller. Caller, you are on there with Free Talk Live. Who's this? Uh, Tom. Hi, Tom. Where are you calling from? Connecticut. Uh, Where? Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut. Yeah. What I did thought, you want to talk about? I thought he tonight? said blanket. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to call in about this uh, revealing story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, people are looking at this as a bad thing, but it's really a good thing because uh, if they don't get it waxed, they might decide to get it shaved instead by themselves, and that can cause a lot of irritation <laughs> and infection. That's true. Also, uh, uh, if you try to prohibit it, they're going to try to do it anyway when they're older, and they're not going to know how to wax themselves, and they could also cause a lot of problems that way. <laughs> very, very practical. Very true. Very true. <laughs> could a practical look at the situation. I like that. Nobody wants a schoolyard right. waxing. This just shows how much healthier people are getting, because uh, it shows in, uh, like, you know, they've done uh, studies on this, and... Uh, People with better nutrition actually go into puberty earlier. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like people are just getting healthier and healthier. Well, well, don't women go into puberty once they've reached a certain body mass, like enough to be able to carry a baby, essentially? I hadn't heard that before. That's interesting. I, I think it's directly related to body fat. I knew that. I know that women go through puberty before men. I've heard that. Yeah. And it's always that awkward age in, in grammar school when... The boys are all shorter by about a foot than the girls <laughs> <laughs> until the guys catch up and then usually get a little taller than the than the women. So Well that's what Mother Nature wants is you know, the the, the, the body is made to uh produce more of the species, so the sooner that the woman can produce, you know, offspring, that's what that's, that's what nature wants. That's the whole in, point. In theory of, that's good you know, for life. the human race's survival. Yeah, yeah, it's not really necessary anymore, you know, but I mean that's that's the way it is with any other animal like rabbits. As soon as they hit yeah. puberty, they're popping out more little rabbits, and that's that way the cycle of life. I'm continues. multiplying, Doc. Yeah, yeah. I think evolution what? is evolving. We're evolving <laughs> that's a toward, Bugs Bunny quote. We're evolving <laughs> quality of reproduction over quantity. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I. That's you know, in our society, obviously, there's not a need to have a higher birth rate. I mean, we got plenty of people in this country. You know, we don't need. Uh, we're not struggling to survive like the Mormons were. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's obviously behooves us not to uh, have babies younger or to you know have more. I guess. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think some people would argue that and say that you know prosperity comes with being fruitful and multiplying, and they'll be, you know, you think, well, we'll be using resources faster, but in theory, we'd also be producing resources better. Yes. Assuming we had a free market to evolve our production standards and things like that. Yeah. But, all right, thanks. Uh, Tom, yeah, I mean, was there anything else you wanted? Nicer. What's that? Yeah, it might be nicer to not have 
might be nicer to not have hair because, I mean, hair can be kind of annoying sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I don't want to have to deal with my hair. I th- honestly, if I, yeah, I think I mean, if someone had female, there's a problem. I yeah. think if someone had told me, I, I, I remember puberty being kind of traumatic for me. Hmm. Kind of traumatic, a little bit. And uh, I think it's something, it's always awkward for everyone. I think if I had known, if I had, someone had told me, we're going to do this thing, it's going to take a few weeks and then uh, you won't get a bunch of weird hair, I probably would have, uh, I probably would have done it. Yeah. And I'm a guy, you know, flaming homo yeah. guy, but still, <laughs> you know. A guy right, nonetheless. Cool. A guy nonetheless. An extremely masculine flaming homo. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tom, anything else on your mind? Nope, nope. All right, well, All right, thanks, thanks for calling. So, um, yeah, I, I've been saying we were going to talk about political cartoons. I found a nice article, Uncracked, one of my favorite places to talk about, uh, <laughs> pl- favorite places to get uh, information, and uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about that. It's also a cartoons. place where you don't want hair. That, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the lowest form of communication, political cartoons, coming up on Free Talk Live. You can call in and control the show at 603-435-1105. We will see you in a moment. This is Free Talk Live, the radio show that you can control by calling in at 603-435-1105. This is Dale. This is Pete. And Luther. And uh, now that we have thoroughly exhausted the subject of preteen waxing <laughs> in, excruci- in excruciating detail. Very thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. I want to uh, uh, approach a subject near and dear to my heart. Political cartoons. Quite a departure. <laughs> Quite a departure, unless we talk about a pr- political cartoon about preteen waxing. <laughs> but, um, that's, that's coming, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I smell a new anarchy in your head brewing right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only I had time. Yeah. But man, if I had time to do an anarchy in your head cartoon right now, that would be wonderful. But yeah, I mean, I love some of the examples. Um, I'm, I'm looking at a crack.com article, which is the place to go for irre- irrefutable factual information. True. <laughs> um, that's where I get all of my uh, college prep work from. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Forget Cliff's notes. Go to crack.com. Um, so, yeah, they've got a couple of examples of political cartoons here, and this is what gets me. I, I don't think I've done this, uh, or if I have with great discretion, I hope. Yeah. Where you label, like you draw something and then you label it. Yeah. yeah they got this guy, uh, a computer, and big sign says Facebook and an arrow on his computer. And then. Big sign that says Facebook privacy policy pointing at a giant eyeball looking over his shoulder. <laughs> like, okay. Like, you could just said, yeah, their, their privacy policy is really invasive, actually. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so in theory, political cartoons should be a means to get a controversial point across in a concise, effective, and humorous way. In reality, most usually convey less information than, say, grunting or gesturing. <laughs> so... Whether you agree or disagree with the message is irrelevant, as these cartoons are often crappy-ass vehicles for any message. Taken on average, political cartoons are the least effective way of making a point, aside from suicide bombing and internet petitions. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. I still self-censor, and I, I don't want to lose the habit. So yeah. even though it's Sunday <laughs> night and we can cuss up a storm. So. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but it didn't say crappy-ass, okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm saying crappy-ass. Anyway. Um, I, I guess so long as we don't talk about... 
you know. <laughs> as long as we don't talk about crazy Boytar.com. sexual fetishes. <laughs> oh, turn off the radio. Okay, yep. so here are some examples of poor communication methods used by political cartoons that often fail to convey even the simplest non-controversial ideas. Non-controversial ideas, that is. Uh, number five, pictures requiring excessive labels. This is, oh, this drives me nuts. Yeah. I just like, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> Usually the whole point of using a cartoon is that the picture is supposed to get the, the message across and you use as few words as are needed to help people understand the picture. Some cartoonists, however, seem to think their readers are literally retarded. And they got the sign of a guy who's got a label on it that says Jim Douglas. I, 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 I don't, you know, it looks like, you know, a caricature. Presumably you're, you're supposed to be able to recognize him, right? I mean, I've drawn yeah, a lot of caricatures and I always people, hey, I recognize that guy right away. Woo. And I'm like, cool. Okay. I didn't label when I, you know, when I drew, um. Uh, Rudy Giuliani standing atop the Twin Towers like they were stilts. I didn't yeah. label him Rudy Giuliani. I drew him to look like Rudy Giuliani in caricature. So <laughs> that you're supposed to... Okay, whatever. Um, and then they've got a crippled guy where the, with, with with crutches. And, the, and they've got a sign on him saying Vermont's disabled. So this is a Vermont political figure, presumably. Yeah. Mm. And the guy's saying, out you go. And he's throwing him to a pack of wolves, right? The wolves are labeled ravening wolves of economic adversity. <laughs> so okay, the wolves sure. are labeled as wolves. Yeah, they, they labeled them Clever. wolves, yeah. ravening wolves of economic adversity. Redundancy but, is awful redundant. It is. <laughs> it is. Sure, you have to label the politician, and maybe Vermont's disabled. I guess. Also, if you're really afraid your audience is too dumb to know that a politician screwing the disabled is probably doing it economically and not literally feeding them to wild animals, <laughs> go ahead and label the wolves economic adversity. But dear God. Why do you have to label them wolves? <laughs> well, oh, I they thought they were just huskies. puppy dogs. Yeah, <laughs> the friendly puppy dogs of. Uh. <laughs> and then they've got this. Um, they got this guy dressed up in a suit and tie, and this tie has dollar symbols on it. And he's got wads of dollar bills in his hand, and he's got a champagne glass, and he's grinning really big. And he says, "What? Me worry? I'm getting a permanent tax cut thanks to the GOP." And then he says, U.S. wealthy people can continue living in the style to which we are accustomed, costing the rest of you poor suckers $650 billion annually. There's a label on him that says, wealthy person. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, wow. So the guy in the suit, is he wealthy? I can't tell. I need at least six clues, and I only see five. <laughs> so then we've got uh, 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 an elephant in a, in a suit. If we extend unemployment benefits, we'll only encourage the jobless to sit by the pool, watch TV, and eat sirloin. And uh, <laughs> the guy's <laughs> saying, yeah, I wouldn't want to give this up. And he's sitting in a uh, blow-up uh, like blow kid's uh, pool. Um, and he's got a TV that says, no power, no cable. Uh, sirloin by Alpo in a can. These are all signs pointing at everything. And he's got neighbor's yard and water. I bet you could pick out at least one of those labels that could have been illustrated with, I don't know, a drawing. <laughs> hmm, unconnected well, I'm TV. Kind of su- I'm kind of surprised that the elephant does not have the word Democrat on it somewhere. Because <laughs> huh. I might not be familiar with which two parties is an elephant. <laughs> so, there's no way you could get that from a drawing. Oh, wait. So, yeah. And, uh, and did that jobless guy write a note to himself to remove the water from his bowl to use it as a tent? 
Again, it doesn't matter whether you agree with the message. It's important that we not get caught up in that. The issue is that it's irritating no matter what message they're trying to convey. As someone with no ability to draw things, let me demonstrate what happens when you use too many labels to convey even a simple, non-controversial message. In this case, fire hot. (laughs) 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 So they got a guy, uh, fire fire (laughs) hot. (laughs) Says, where the hand contacted the fire, pointing. (laughs) Fire. Uh, the guy's labeled man getting burned. <laughs> uh, oh, so if the unnecessary... My, my favorite there is the burned tissue pointing to his hand. Yeah. That's a good label. And hand labeled hand. <laughs> uh, which is it? It really isn't. It could if be you a foot. If you look at the cartoons, it really isn't I, much of an exaggeration. I really think most people can recognize basic human anatomy. <laughs> Not me. I'm retarded. You know what, what this say? is? What does it say if you like don't trust your caricature, you have to label it? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. If the unnecessarily explanatory labels make you feel like your intelligence is being insulted and the apparently unrelated labels confused you, then that means I have done my job as a political cartoonist. Number four, technology uh, exists. From the below comment, you can gather that Facebook is something kids use but parents don't and that they friend each other on it. And that's about all because that's probably all the cartoonist knows. (laughs) So... um. So you see there are three steps for making a statement with an illustration. Identify the subject you want to talk about, figure out what you want to say about it, figure out how to say it, and picture form. When it comes to new technology, many cartoonists valiantly struggle to lift themselves into step one and then collapse exhausted upon it, all their energy spent. There's a deadline coming. There's no time to figure out what Facebook or Twitter or iPhones are all about, much less what you say about them or you can say about them. You are aware they exist and have been able to find the name of one function. What more can one man do? Okay, so we will come back after the break. Talk about whatever you like. Call in at 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. Label that. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you can control by calling in 603-435-1105. This is Dale. This is Puke. And Luther. (laughs) Awesome. That was an extended and. Go! Sorry. (laughs) I'd like to, uh, that reminds me, I'd like to give a shout out. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) So So we were talking about... The lowest form of of communication, the political cartoon, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sort of a political cartoonist, so it's close to my heart, I guess, a little bit. I'm sort of. I'm but you, sort of you make cartoons and, that are political in nature, yeah, but they're not. They're I wouldn't really categorize them as political or, cartoons because to, to be a political cartoon, they have to be uh, uh, crap. Yeah, I think yeah, you have to label have labels everything. on everything. Yeah, very biased. Yeah, biased and well, just, I can't say they're not know. biased. I think True. I, I think that it, it, the whole notion of bias is something like of something being biased is I take issue with it. I mean, everything we communicate is biased. Yeah. I mean, it's it's my it's your thoughts on something, you know. So I mean, to some extent, everything is biased. But uh, I mean, you unless you're you can in the make an effort to be unless adaptive. you're in the cult of Ian, in which case you just uh, <laughs> spout his rhetoric. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, you can certainly try to be more objective. <laughs> I, I'm teasing, obviously. And... There is no cult of Ian. <laughs> Ian, be with you. <laughs> then, why did, then why did you keep paddling me last night? And on that note, yeah, we can't go, we can't broach that subject. We'll get kicked off the oh, airwaves right. again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop it, stop it, Duke. But yeah, so um, another another uh, big issue with the political cartoons that are crap. And uh, I I don't think I do this either, but maybe I'm a little more guilty of this than the labeling things. Is why do you need a picture? You know, if you're gonna do a political cartoon, just uh, just have little you know, boxes. Just have a whole bunch of text yeah. and stick in a. A, a little face saying it <laughs> that's sort of what we got what we have next there's like snippets of cartoons where you can just barely see a little bit of face and then there's a huge text bubble just write a column you yeah know? so essentially there's a column with a bit of artwork so uh ever since plato people have been putting their boring ideas into dialogue form to try to interest people in reading them while plato spiced up works like his symposium with a lot of sexual innuendo and explicit man-on-man flirting uh, yeah, he really did, actually. <laughs> Modern political <laughs> comments often just have two people sitting there with big speech bubbles that the artist can put his opinion in. So we're going to keep, uh, we're going to carry on about uh, political tunes in a moment. We have a caller. Caller, you are on the air with Free Talk Live. Who's this? Um, hi. This is David and Keen. Hi, David. Hi. I, I'm calling in to control the program. That's what you said, right? <laughs> That's, That's right. right. You can talk about whatever you like. What do you want to talk am- about? I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I did see a really good um, cartoon in the free, um, the free press paper. Oh, the uh, New Hampshire Free Press. The one that's um, for the Bassarians in Keene, and it's in the boxes on Main Street. Yep that that would be the uh, New Hampshire Free Press. Um, yep, oh, and yeah. there's a free Keene section, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's about four pages long now. Well, I saw a good cartoon in that. It was, um, it was, I think it was like two big birds, and they were saying, we're from the government, and we're here to help you, and it shows all these little worms with their little heads popping up. It was a really good, it was a really good, um, really good one, if you've seen it. <laughs> that is pretty clever. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's really good. You, maybe you guys can see it if you see the paper. It's pretty easy to get that paper, but or maybe it's online. The, uh, it's also online. Would like to get it. Uh, uh, you can get it online too. Um, oh, you can. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm gonna try to f- see if I can get the. I URL. know you can get it on NH Underground if you go to nhunderground.com and uh, it'll show up right on the front page. A link to it. So I think. Uh, yeah, if you can go to nhfree.com. Nhfree.com. That's probably a more direct link. Nhfree.com, and then there's a link at the bottom to the New Hampshire Free Press. Oh, that's cool. So and it's a nice color, you know, nice color edition with links and everything. Yep. And it's free, just like they say. Oh, and we oh. lost a caller. Oh well. Oh well. Well, if you guys got <laughs> nothing, <laughs> not you, not oh well, but you know, <laughs> oh well. Why do you always have to wear robes if you're in a cult? Um, um I it that. makes it a Are lot easier to drink or? the Kool Aid, I think. You know, is it just kind of yeah. I thought maybe the cultists were just lazy and they just they're like, ah, oh, I don't want to have to separate my clothing in between pants and shirts. I just want one giant robe. It can be really hard to match sometimes. Easier access to the buttocks for the endless spanking, perhaps. <laughs> I'm not certain. Oh, well, you make it sound more fun. What kind of robe would really is. the cult be in? What kind of robe? Would it be an orange robe, probably? I think it depends on the cult. Of Ian. That's, that's oh, the cult of Ian? Yeah, it would. 
Doesn't, would, wouldn't you say Mark has as as big a following as Ian? If oh yeah. Bigger? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure. I, I I'd really say it's probably about as big. I don't know who, who who's more. I mean, we could probably check it out at wiki.freetalklive.com. <laughs> there you go. Yep, and see who's got more fans uh, in the fan section. But uh, Yeah, anyone who's listening for the first time tonight, which is unlikely since it's internet only, but if you are listening for the first time probably. tonight, maybe on a pirate radio station, then you can go to the Free Talk Live website, which is freetalklive.com. Mm-hmm. And you can go on to the BBS, which I believe is bbs.freetalklive.com, and uh, talk about all kinds of subjects. And those are free, unlike many radio stations that charge for their, their special content. So um, we were talking about political cartoons, and uh, we were talking about the, uh, the, the, um, the political cartoon that ought to just be a blog. <laughs> but I guess it, you know maybe people. Oh, I have a short attention span. This has some pictures on it, even though it's also mostly just a lot of text. Yeah. <laughs> so um, well, it, these... it would certainly draw the eye to it more than just the uh, the text from the rest of the Instead page of in fa- the newspaper. If you can't get people to read your blog, maybe you know. Um, and this isn't in the article, by the way. I'm just thinking, just, like draw like a, a penis and and then a big <laughs> speech bubble. I don't know. That would probably get people to look at it. Yes. <laughs> Like what is or, that? Oh, uh, well, I'm here. Or some breasticles or whatever. So, uh, so uh, you know, and then they have one. They, this one has an entire essay listing everything that is wrong with the Democrats in the speech bubbles of one man who I believe is cooking or something. I myself often memorize pre-written blog posts and recite them in their entirety to people I'm doing chores with, but I didn't realize how common it was. <laughs> if you think the entire comic can't be a straight-out essay, and he must be using the conversation to make some kind of point. Uh, you know, take a look at it. <laughs> you can go to crack.com. Uh, meanwhile, here's a man who is so proud of the song parody he has written about the BP oil spill that he posts the entire song in unreadable size, including repeated choruses. But it's a com- it's but it's a, you know, political cartoon form, so people are more likely to read it. Yeah. <laughs> or attempt to read it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even bother to draw a picture because you don't need a picture when you've got dazzling wordplay that would make Weird Al crap his pants. <laughs> <laughs> this is the same cartoon okay. just with a shorter deadline he's got a, a t-shirt that says my government spent 900 billion and all i got was this was 14 dollars that i used to buy this shirt oh yeah i also got change so yeah weak oh man so so yeah bias let's talk about bias bias really bias. do you think Ian's bias yeah <laughs> why not certainly yeah. i know i would never speak poorly of my leader well and that's the thing like something like you know like the last call i called in about uh, the new hampshire free press and the cartoon he saw there mm-hmm. and um I, it's bias yeah you know well i think against i think me that's is, well that's the nature of the political cartoon is you're making a biased statement that's yeah. political yeah you know it gets me as well i understand there's uh it's kind of a prerequisite what bothers me is when someone tries to pretend that they're not yeah, you know, I I, I love it. If, I, I can deal with someone saying this is my opinion, you know, and and here's why I feel this way, and here's some evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm biased because I've seen a lot of evidence, and that's made <laughs> me feel this way. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and you you present that, you know, and that's your opinion. It doesn't mean you're right, it, it, but you know, you know, just it's a case of you know arguing sincerely mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, and that's, you know, and if you don't, if you pretend you're not biased, then you're, you're not, you don't sound very sincere. And this is the whole thing, like Fox News, fair and balanced. Yeah, right. Oh, um, yeah. That's a load of crap. What, are they, they're claiming not to be biased. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I'm pretty biased that my Sunday editions of the show are better than anyone's. Yeah, I'm a Including liberty Ian's. <laughs> yeah. I'm a liberty lover, okay? <laughs> I'm going to tell you that up front. That doesn't mean, uh, oh, yeah. Arguments aren't convincing. Okay, you can control the show. Call in at 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the special internet-only Sunday edition. This is Dale. Puke! And Luther. You can call in and talk about anything you'd like at 603-435-1105. Luther, you had an article about SWAT teams. SWAT teams. Yes, I do. This one safe from dirty households. Yeah, Keeping us safe from <laughs> flies. Swatting flies everywhere. Let's see. Where does this come from? Uh, Earth? North America? E- Eastern? America? EasternIowaNewsNow.com. This is from uh, Cedar Rapids. Uh, Police in SWAT gear busted through the door and searched a Cedar Rapids home for drugs Thursday morning, but came up empty. At least 12 officers surprised the tenants at uh, 1135 33rd Street uh, when they arrived around 7 a.m. with a narcotics search warrant. Sergeant Christy Hamblin a police spokeswoman later confirmed that nothing was seized from the house. No one was taken to jail, but the tenants of the house, Justin Davis, 28, and his girlfriend, Erica Lewis, 26, were charged with disorderly house and signed a promise to appear in court, police said. No one was injured during the raid. Davis said his five-year-old daughter was in her room when officers busted a hole in the front door. He said he came to the door and heard a canine unit bark, uh, dog barking. And was pulled outside, where he was told to lie face down in his front yard. He said the officers had him at gunpoint. Davis was visibly upset after police left the and mentioned uh, and mentioned moving out of the area. What do you think my neighbors uh, think about me now? Davis said, "My character has been assassinated, and I'm really upset about that." Davis said he and Lewis uh, were handcuffed. Uh, you know, you know, this makes me think of is they. Uh, they've, you know, they were expecting to find something, obviously. Yeah. Uh, not a dirty household, presumably. But, like, you know, they've busted in this house, made a huge ordeal, this, you know, this this really gone overboard. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't find anything. They have right. to charge him with something. They have to justify right. they have to face. Yeah. yeah, they can't just look like idiots or else they'd be, you know... Uh, otherwise, people would realize that they are idiots. Yeah, except, yeah, except that they do look like idiots. Go on. Davis Sorry. said he and Lewis were handcuffed to, while officers searched. They were told police had information that there was drug activity in their house. Hamlin said search warrants were issued after only after a judge reviews the evidence collected and signs the warrant. In general, police investigate tips and uh, about drug activity by interviewing neighbors, looking through trash, and using drug-sniffing dog. Uh, Hamlin said, uh, we don't just take one person's word under normal circumstances. Davis said he, he is on probation and it would be stupid for him to be involved with drugs. You know, do you notice that, that modifier under normal circumstances? Yeah, I did notice so, that. So, uh, 
basically she said that under, is, under yeah. some circumstances, they will take the word of just one person, apparently. <laughs> hey, that guy's got drugs over there. And they're like, yeah, get out the SWAT team. Hup, 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 hup. <laughs> what are they like? Hup, hup. That's what soldiers, you know, anybody, any any group of soldiers in a line, they all. It, it is very soldier-like yeah. behavior. Oh, absolutely, and they are militarized more and more. Every Haven't year. you seen Monty Python's Life of Brian? Yes, bloody Romans, great movie. <laughs> uh, they should they should have made sure they had concrete evidence before they knock on in someone's door. David said, uh, "Disorderly house is described as a building or room where someone uh, restored it." Uh, resorted to for illegal activity involving drugs, alcohol, gambling, or prostitution, according to city ordinance. So, what? Wait now. <laughs> Wait now. Okay. Read that last part again. Disorderly house is described as a building or room where someone resorted to for illegal activity. That's not even a sentence. <laughs> Uh, are, involving... are they saying that they were doing gambling or something in the house? Well, we're and... not lawyers. That's why we can't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> they use that room well, two, no... four, two... Uh... Well, maybe maybe what that means is because they were suspected of drug activity, that, you know, because they were accused of the drug activity, that means that apparently there was drug activity there. They just didn't find evidence of it, so they're charging them with, like, this, you know, nebulous, you're accused of drug activity. or some, You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, you know, you can oh. get this charge because you you did something. They're like, well, you did drugs in this house, but you didn't have evidence when we kicked in the door. So they're, you know, it's, okay. It's so like, it's the charge they give you when you don't when they don't have evidence of a crime. Yeah, when when <laughs> they didn't find the drugs, but they're so certain that there have been drug activity there that they're going to charge you with this other bullcrap charge to make it look like they're doing something. That's what it sounds like to me. Wow. They're like, well, well we- you know, it's 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 funny that the name even kind of matches disorderly conduct, which yeah. is well, you're not breaking breaking any specific yeah. law. We that know we can that cite you you with. broke a law at some point. We know it. We know yeah. you did. Or we just don't like you. We just don't like you. Because maybe. because yeah. apparently the cops actually told him to move out of the area. So this seems more pointed. Oh, disorderly house. They told him to move and he didn't. So disorderly house. I, I, Maybe that's well, like disorderly conduct. Get that house we, up and out of here. The, the disorderly sem- conduct means a cop told you to do something arbitrarily yeah. and you didn't do it. Yeah. The, well, it said it said earlier uh, he was visibly upset after police left and mentioned moving. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I obviously need to go back to grammar school. Uh, here to four. Go back yeah. to grammar school. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's, if they don't if they don't have something to charge you with, they've got the catch-all. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those BS conduct. Yeah. charges. And now they if they bust into your house and they don't have anything to charge you with, disorderly house. Yeah, uh, disorderly means you're you're not obeying orders. <laughs> if there are uh, any political activists listening tonight, I, I'd like to hear them call in and uh, hear their thoughts about what uh, what we can do about getting rid of the uh, the catch-all. Uh, alls like that, like disorderly conduct. Um, yeah, I don't. What do you do about it? That's a good question. I, I don't know. It's, is is I mean, it is it actually a law that if if that doesn't convince you that they're totally unaccountable, then what will? I mean, yeah. How how can you talk about the notion of rights or any notion of the idea that they're supposed to respect rights yeah. when you can just make up a charge and charge anyone with it? Yeah. You know, go jump in a lake. Uh, no, disorderly conduct. You didn't obey. Get you didn't the maze. And uh, and it's you know it just it's just this is what worries me about like you know when an activist is in jail or anyone's in jail sorry anytime someone goes to jail and this is my experience based on friends of mine who have gone to jail who happen to have been activists doing mm-hmm. some sort of 
yeah. engaging in some sort of free speech they didn't like or breaking some stupid law. Uh, they haven't been actually convicted of anything yet, but they're they're in jail. You know, if you've already if they arrest you and take you to jail, you my my experience is you are not going to win a court case. Well, right? and that's they can't you cannot let you win the court case because yeah. then they've arrested you. Uh, then they've arrested an innocent person and they're flat right. out admitting it. No, that's that's guilty before being proven. And you're they do guilty. it all the time. Right. Yeah, so which is the case. You, I mean, if you get taken to jail, it doesn't. You know, you're, presumably, you're innocent until proven guilty. But if they've got you supposedly, in jail, yeah, I mean, if yeah. you were innocent, why are they taking dragging you off? And, yeah, why is know. that even necessary? I and mean, that's the attitude too. Well, the cops arrested you. I mean, the cops couldn't be wrong. So it, they, you know, there's this this rhetoric again of innocent until proven guilty. But they've once they've already taken you to jail, then. You know their legitimacy is at stake, so you are going to lose. The yeah, court you've case. already been yeah. punished at that point. I can't Your freedom count. has been taken from you. <laughs> I've really lost count of how many what, times I've gone freedom. to a trial for a friend of mine, and they they present an excellent case, and uh, at the end of it, um, guilty. It, it always just they're just going through the motions of the trial. Yeah, you know? it's Absolutely. a big it's, it's, it's a, a big, big ceremony, really. I mean. You gotta you gotta enter in at a certain time, you know, and everybody sits down, and then the judge comes in, and you're supposed to stand, and he's wearing his ceremonious robe, you know, that symbolizes whatever, neutrality, yeah, whatever, um, you know, and then there's a process, there's it's an the, order it's the that it goes in. Of a, it's the neutrality of a person who is uh, is is there to be to neutrally um, judge the case, but he represents. The other side, yeah, <laughs> the people convicting you, yeah, he, yeah, he represents the same side as the people who arrested you, the person who's prosecuting you, you know, uh, the per- people who made the laws that he's supposed to be interpreting. I mean, it's all it's all one side, it's all the same team, yeah. And it's you know, and, the, and then they you know they just have to find you guilty, yeah. But it, you, they go through this big show, and you know, yeah. I, I just can't. It's, they, it's always been really silly to me. It reminds me of like. A rain dance. <laughs> like if we, okay, we'll light a fire and we'll dance around in the circle and we'll bang on some drums and that will bring us rain, right? Usually. Uh, <laughs> well, and then. Oh, the, God, my I life friends, has been a lie. They, like, however, they, they pronounce you guilty and then the sentence, you know, they've already realized they've overdone it. Like, okay, this person didn't really, they're not really guilty or at least not anything severe. And yeah. So they've already overdone it, though. So the sentence just happens to be the exact amount of time they've already spent in jail. Yeah. I also, uh, it's also quite amazing the, the, the fact that people can get charged. You do one, apparently you do one crime, but you're charged with like 50 different things. Yeah. yeah. You know, how, is, how is that fair? They pile them up to terrify you so that you'll yeah. play because they don't really want to take you or to court. They, they just want you to... You know, you know. Absolutely, they're going to find something that you're guilty of if you have 50 charges. Exactly. You know, how can you not be guilty of one of those stupid things? All right. This has been the special Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Uh, you uh, Join us again uh, next week. And yep, it'll be... Week. Uh, next week it'll be me, Stephanie Murphy from uh, Burning...